Hello, everybody. Once again, I'd like to welcome you to our studies in the book of Revelation. This is part 11, and it will do with the glorious second coming of Jesus or the revelation, the very climax of the book. Just a reminder, if you have thus far missed out on these studies and would like to catch up, then you can go to my website, malcolmheading.com, and there you can find all the previous studies that we've gone through, and you can thereby uh, catch up with everything that we have said so far. So please do that, and thank you once again for joining me today. Today is part 11. So at the beginning of this study series, we actually noted that the book of Revelation is all about the glorious unveiling or physical return of Jesus to the earth. So the events described in this book are, in fact, the steps then that have to take place in order to facilitate the second coming of Jesus. They are not random or haphazard because God remains sovereign over the affairs of men. And we saw that in Revelation chapter 4. And so they constitute the seven seals of the title deed of heaven and earth that Jesus purchased with his own blood on the cross. We saw that in Revelation chapter 5. Great upheavals await the earth, as we are now entering what Jesus called the birth pangs of the end time. Birth pangs in themselves always intensify until something wonderful is birthed. So the events of the end time, my friends, are going to get more dangerous, more difficult and more catastrophic. But they will end with the birth of the second coming of Jesus and the glorious arrival of his kingdom. Jesus also called these days the beginning of sorrows. And so the follower of Jesus is to fortify and steady himself or herself spiritually because a great tribulation awaits us as we plunge toward the glorious return of Jesus. Now the book itself helps us in that it gives us what we call the great sign chapters and by these we can determine some of the great events that will take place around us and thus and thereby be prepared. And these sign chapters have to do with the following, the ministry of the two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, the restoration of Israel, that is the woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and 12 stars. Wow, we've seen that in our time. The rise of the beast, a half-devil, half-man demonoid, who, we are told, has been here before. The Antichrist spirit, my friends, is raging across our world. And then, of course, the fall of Babylon, that great world system, part religious and part commercial, that is drunk, 
according to the Bible, with the blood of the saints. No wonder Jesus said, come out of her, my people. So all of these are caught up in the events that will usher in the revelation of Christ. Given the wickedness of those living on the earth, God will allow evil to overflow, spill over, and even appear to triumph as it brings forth its global government, undergirded by a satanic new religious system that will perform great and marvelous supernatural signs and wonders. We have been warned. This will present the true believers in Jesus with a test to embrace truth, demonstrate patience, and even welcome martyrdom as they face the great tribulation. They will overcome, says the book of Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. My friends, lest we forget, the most persecuted entity on the face of the earth today is the Church of Jesus. Multiple millions have in the last two decades been martyred. They did not love their lives unto death. So when all of this reaches the fullness of wickedness, God by Jesus Christ, we are told, will step in to judge the world on what the Bible calls the great day of the Lord. Now, this great day of judgment takes place after the great tribulation. It's important to remember that. The great day of the Lord that is spoken about throughout the whole of the Bible and even through the great Hebrew prophets will take place after the great day of tribulation and is heralded by the sign of the changing of the luminaries, the sun turning black like sackcloth and the moon turning blood red. Time and time again, scripture refers to this. Two things happen on the great day of the Lord. One, the church, dead and living, is resurrected, transformed with glorified bodies and removed from the earth as it rises to meet Jesus in the clouds as he comes to pour out the awful wrath of God upon the world. We see that in Second Thessalonians, actually, and uh, chapter 1 where the Apostle Paul tells us that the first time we will ever see Jesus as the church and be resurrected is on the day when he comes in flaming fire to pour out his wrath upon the ungodly. Listen to this. He's speaking to his church at Thessaloniki. He's encouraging them through all their troubles. And he says that this is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation 
those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. The first time we will see Jesus is when we are resurrected and brought into his presence with glorified bodies as he comes in flaming fire. And then we will admire him and be swept up in his triumph over the world. As Christians, therefore, we look forward to the arrival of the great day of the Lord because it is the day when the triumph of the cross is finally completed in our lives and by the transformation of our bodies into immortality and into the likeness of Christ. That's the day of the Lord. And that's why the Bible says that we actually long for it. The Bible says it's the day we're looking forward to. And in fact, we will even attempt to hasten it because we recognize that it holds great blessing for each and every one of us. Second Peter chapter 3 puts it this way. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Notice that. It's the day of the Lord, not some secret rapture that comes as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for? That's what we look for. Looking for, not a secret rapture, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. That's quite a statement. It is this day, according to scripture, that breaks in upon the world like a thief in the night and brings us into the glory of resurrection. There is therefore only one second coming of Christ. And this second coming will be in great power and glory. And its reality will break upon the world in such an amazing manner. The Bible tells us that even the beast and the armies of his global government will seek to oppose it. In Revelation 19, we read that. Listen to these remarkable words from Revelation chapter 19 and verse 19. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to make war against him who sat 
on the horse and against his army. That is quite a thing, really, to think about. According to Jesus, it is at this visible, real, and physical second coming that he will gather his elect from the four corners of the earth to meet him as he comes to take up his throne on the earth. And you can read that in Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 to 31. In that great chapter that has to do with his second coming, and he only speaks of his second coming to his disciples in the context of one glorious, physical, visible event at the end of time. And then the Bible says the angels will gather his elect, the church of Jesus, from the four corners of the earth, and they will meet him as it comes. The bride of Christ will now meet her bridegroom as he comes, and they will solemnize their marriage on earth at the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's the truth. This great marriage supper will take place on the glorious mountain of Zion. It is here that Jesus will make good his promise to never drink wine again until he gathers with his followers at a great feast in the kingdom of God. So, in Revelation 19 and verses 6 to 9, we read, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And it was granted to her to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And this is in the context of Revelation 19, which actually is the visible second coming of Jesus. It's at this point that the wife has made herself ready and is now going to be married to the bridegroom, which reminds us of that wonderful statement that Jesus gave about the ten watchers, virgins, who cry out when he arrives and says, Behold, the bridegroom cometh and his bride is ready to go and meet him. It is in Isaiah chapter 25, to be particular, where we have a record of the marriage supper of the Lord and of the Lamb that will actually take place on the mountains around Jerusalem. Not in heaven, but he comes for his bride. And on the mountains of Zion, we are told, dear friends, that he celebrates a marriage supper. Listen to this. And in this mountain, Isaiah 25 verse 6, 
The Lord of hosts will make for all pe people a feast of choice pieces. A feast of wine on the lees. Of fat things full of marrow. Of well-refined wine on the lees. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people. That is, death has come to an end for his people. And the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. That language is taken up in the book of Revelation. Concerning the church of Jesus. What a wonderful day that will be. As I said, the great marriage supper will take place on the glorious mountains of Zion. It is here that Jesus will feast again and drink wine with his people. So it's important to note <clears throat> And all of this is in the context of Revelation 19. And Revelation 19 is this marvelous chapter where Jesus comes forth out of heaven with, with the vast warrior angels with him and returns to the earth in judgment and as king. So, the bride will make herself ready. Today, my friends, we are the bride. There'll come a day when we will be married to him. We will be his wife. But he is coming as a bridegroom. And he will meet his bride in the air. And he will overcome everything that is wicked and evil. And he will put his throne on Mount Zion. And he will prepare a marriage feast such as we have never seen before. So, in fact, this chapter is in harmony. That is chapter 19 of the book of Revelation with all of Scripture in that two things happen on the day of the Lord. Say it again. One, the church is resurrected and removed from the earth. And two, Jesus pours out the wrath of God on the world. And this is why we love this day, as Peter said, and why we seek to bring it closer. Not because we delight in the judgment that will fall upon the world. No, it's because we long to be resurrected and for our bodies to finally be saved as well. So it is precisely because of these truths that the church looks forward to and helps to bring nearer the great day of the Lord. Yes, the day of his wrath. Because... It is the day of my complete and final deliverance and yours. How could the church possibly do this? 
as Peter tells us to. If she has been removed seven years beforehand. The revelation of Jesus, if we feel the glory of this chapter, chapter 19, <clears throat> will be all glorious beyond description as the heavens roll away like a scroll. There will be a great shout of an archangel. There will be the trumpet blast that will call forth the saints of all ages out of their graves. And together with those who are alive, they will arise like vast clouds, the Bible tells us, to meet the Lord in the air as he comes in flaming fire. There will be hosts of angelic warriors with him. And all around will be the spectacular glory of God as the Son of God shining forth in all his splendor comes on a white horse. The King and all those with him including you and me finally triumph over the world death sorrow and pain thanks be to god this is malcolm heading <laughs>